Hey everybody, this is Adam, host of this podcast. Don't skip this, it's not an ad. Just dropping in to let you know this episode was originally recorded and released way back in July of 2018. It's the second part of our two-part series about the various conspiracy theories surrounding NBA legend Michael Jordan. Back when it first came out, it was for subscribers only. But against all odds, there's been lots of Michael Jordan news in the years since this was released, to the point that it's more relevant now than it was back then. Especially if you, like most of America, watched the critically beloved Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, back in the early months of the COVID lockdowns. If you haven't, I can't recommend it highly enough. It brings up some of the things we talked about on these two Jordan episodes, but we also cover a few things that they do not. I mean, it's not like The Last Dance was a conspiracy documentary or anything. So that's not unusual, I guess. If you're a Patreon or Supercast subscriber, chances are you've already heard this episode. So, to make it worth your while again, whenever you hear this sound, that means some Last Dance-related updates are headed your way. But no matter where you're listening, we do thank you kindly for doing so. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. We love you. Let's get to it. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpadden. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, a Patreon-only episode. Mm. This is your Patreon dollars, hard at work. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? I'm Adam Ganser. Adam Ganser, back for a second week. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. We're we're f- rounding home on our <laughs> Michael Jordan conspiracies. I mean, we really could take this out for a, cu- a couple of spins. I think. <laughs> yeah, this probably could be a could be a whole podcast. It really it feels could. like. Yeah, we're finishing up Michael Jordan conspiracies, and this is the end of Sports Month on Conspiracy the Show. Mm. I think Connor should be back next week. I okay. don't know what we'll be talking about, though. Sure. But I'll check in and find out. Yeah. Find out what that turned out to be. So the, the Jordan conspiracies this episode mm. at least don't involve murder. Uh, they don't involve killing a human being, sure. There's a murder of, of sorts. Uh, yeah. You know, the attempt to murder other people's careers. Yeah. You know, there was definitely that. For sure. And murdering, uh, basically, he's like murdering teams, is what he's doing now. He's moved right. on to that. Yeah. <laughs> I should point people to, I meant to do this last episode. We've been talking about Mike Corzemba a whole bunch, and he is, like I said, YouTube's premier basketball conspiracy theorist. And if you want to read more about that guy, like in addition to going out to his YouTube page, which you should do. There's some interesting videos out there. Sure. There's also a profile of him in The New Yorker called The Truth Is Out There, NBA Conspiracy Theories on YouTube, written by Michael Ager. Did you read this article? I did read it. What would you think of the tone of it? I thought it was New Yorker trying to be blogger. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I mean, every time The New Yorker writes something that's attempting to be zeitgeisty, 
and not attempting to be high art or high intellectual. It feels a little forced. This yeah. felt forced to me, but not awful. This it, it it wasn't awful, but I felt like the writer feels this obligation to kind of be mocking in his tone a little bit sure. toward this page just sure. because it's a conspiracy thing. But a lot of these conspiracies on this guy's page are pretty plausible. The David Stern or the NBA rigging the 85 draft lottery that's not this guy's conspiracy it's been around for a while but his video about it is probably the best representation of that theory i think it's weird for the new yorker to sort of try to be both things they're trying to be above the pop culture fray these like sort of you know taking a survey from a from the high ivory tower and then also want to be in the mix right and it's like, well, you can't get into conspiracy video stuff and not enjoy the topic. And you're the New you know? Yorker. Couldn't you have reached this guy for a comment or an interview? Or yeah, why are they something? Just, why are they summarizing a YouTube page? Yeah, yeah. Just like link it. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like or, or I don't know. I I don't know what the New Yorker does for, to cover YouTube. Yeah. That's a kind of a mysterious thing to me. Like like you may not know this, but we did that series at Crack that got written up by the New York Times, and I was surprised the New York Times even covered the internet. This was like oh, in 2014 because yeah. they don't know how to do it well. It's like really clumsy, right? You know, and I think this is another example of that. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah, but it's I mean, still, it's a profile of this guy, sure. and uh, I I think he makes decent videos. We're going to talk about another one at the end of this episode, which blows my fucking mind. I think this guy's really good at laying out facts and yeah. like making it fun. Yeah. Uh, he looks like he's shooting, as you said, uh, he looks like he's shooting in his mother's basement. Every like, time. Yeah. it's a, There's always different backdrops, but <laughs> every time it just looks like, okay, so you're home. We get that. Right. Recording into his like, you computer can't mic. can't hang something behind you or anything. Right. Like, well, like yeah. Tapestry or something. Or center up. Yeah. He's like off frame. <laughs> you're like, what are you doing, man? Get your eyes in front of the camera. Sometimes you see the microphone. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> And he yeah. gets louder and more aggressive as right. the videos go on. This some really bad edits too. Yeah, like he'll be yeah. in the middle of a sentence and just like then suddenly he's like in the middle of another one and you're yeah. like, mm, that's or not. his tone of voice will change yes. from section to section. Yes, big time. But still, he he does a good job of laying out the information. He sure does. And go out and read that profile of Mike Corzemba if you're that fucking bored. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it isn't gonna kill you. I am a little bit bummed to see that he's advancing in production value. Yeah, I want it. I like that it's this beauty, like sort of cute boutique thing. And he's, he's got doing. a store now where he sells. I don't like that shirts. Yeah, I, I I've set the video so when we started playing it, it would play after the minute and twenty seconds he spends shilling his new T-shirts, which say something like fear is the enemy or something it's like what okay can Drug. it can it say jordan was suspended i would buy that shirt <laughs> what the fuck yeah the mafia he- get me a, a drug kingpin murdered james jordan t-shirt with a jordan crying face meme <laughs> that's what that's what it had to be come on that would be great you i would wear that shirt right now i would i would immediately absolutely go get it. Any time I can wear that crying face meme, that is like one of the great. What was he gifts. crying over? I don't even remember. I think it might have been like Hall of Fame speech in 
for his college or something. Yeah. It might have been that, but it's like, it, it'll never get old. It's the best no. thing ever. I like when Jordan had a Hitler mustache for a while, just completely <laughs> era. unironic. Just, yeah, why? Yeah, this will be a good look on me. Like, yeah, in a Haynes commercial, no one at Haynes was like, hey, champ, how about you uh, do away with the, the Hitler on your lip? You know there's like 70 people that it saw that before it got out to the public. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All of whom had this conversation in their mind. Right. Should we do something? And they're like, no, someone's going to say something at some point. Right. And no one It'll ever be Charlie, you know, or whoever. <laughs> yeah. So the first conspiracies we're going to talk about, though, come from an article on CheatSheet.com. Yeah. Which lays out a few I hadn't actually seen anywhere else. And who the fuck wrote this article? Ryan Davis. Ryan Davis, the five biggest conspiracy theories surrounding Michael Jordan. I enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah. He he goes through... The the two big ones are on here, but there's, there's three that... I want to discuss sure the first one jordan kept free agents from signing with the bulls sure. after he retired and during the and during his time in the bulls with the bulls oh right yeah like he kept them from trading away pippen is like one of the big rumors yeah which he should like oh, yeah he should keep Who them the from fuck trading away somebody other than scotty pippen yeah that one that would have been crazy right but I feel like the idea that he would have, and the the thinking behind this one is just that he was like reaching out to people and saying, "Hey, don't sign with the Bulls." Sure, and they don't really go into detail as to whether he was like saying bad things about the Bulls no. to keep people from signing, or if he was just saying, "Hey, as a friend." Do me a favor and don't go help the Bulls keep winning. There wasn't a lot of like evidence for this other than right. it was like word round the campfire is. Yeah, and just kind of circumstantial. Yeah. Like in 2000, there were it was Tracy McGrady, Tim Duncan. Right. And two, uh, like two other really high Grant profile. Hill. Yeah, Grant Hill. And uh, I think those were the three big ones that I remember. Yeah. And oh, and Eddie Jones and Eddie Jones, Eddie Jones, sure. He actually signed, right, agreed right, right, to right. sign with the Bulls, and then rescinded and went to the Miami Heat. It's like only only two of those guys really mattered, right? You know, like Tim Duncan, that would have been a major, deal. yeah. And uh, Tracy McGrady and at Tracy that McGrady. point in his career, Grant Hill is you know he's Grant a good Hill had a broken ankle for eighty eight percent of his career. <laughs> he sure did. It was insane. He sh- he, you know he was able to shoot those Sprite commercials, but otherwise I don't know. Yeah, and he played a long time. He did. Which Longer is, than I, you think. I guess a, just a testament to how good of a player he was. I, his like, numbers are surprisingly good, given yeah. how much I thought of him as being in a cast. Yeah, he you just. Know? I remember every time he would come back, it was just. For a few months, and then he right. was hurt again. Right, really likable guy though. Yeah, yeah, very charming. Person. I wonder if he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Someday. Definitely. You think so? I think Grant he Hill? might already be. Wow, his numbers are really good. Hmm. I know it's weird because I don't think of him that way either. Yeah, but it's but like, I mean, they put in uh, what's the name of that guy on the Lakers? I won't remember this, so we may as well. I'm not going to spend the time on it. <laughs> Lakers retired the jersey of a guy who got in the Hall of Fame, who was like fine. Oh uh, yeah, Jamar Wilk Wilkes. Oh, yeah. Jamal Wilkes, I want to say, something like that. I, I, his name escapes me. Not as good as Grant Hill is the point. Oh. So you got to let Grant Hill in, you know? Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, there were there were these four free agents. It was at a time when the Bulls were, like, rebuilding because Jordan had left for the second time. Right. 
and I think they had gotten a couple lottery picks. Yeah. And so the idea in 2000 was, oh, well, the Bulls are going to get one of these players right. and they'll be back to the Bulls they were. And they just didn't. <laughs> they didn't get... I mean, they still like managed to sign the players they had and they did sign some free agents, yeah. but no one... They just always missed out on that big prize. There seems to be like two lines of criticism here. One of them is... Jordan was secretly the GM, right? Like that kind of conversation when he was there, and to me, that doesn't feel like a conspiracy theory as much as it feels like okay, so that's the beginning of the modern NBA, right? Uh, you know, or like the beginning of our current state of affairs. Because right now, guys like LeBron or you know whoever, uh, yeah, they those guys decide, make a lot of personnel decisions. Yeah, they make those decisions. Like LeBron clearly orchestrated his entire team in, in Cleveland. Clearly, oh, yeah. So, like, the fact that Jordan would have that kind of input, why is that such a surprising yeah. thing? Yeah, because that, that's one of the other conspiracies they cover. I don't know if I even put it on here. But, uh, yeah, the, these two kind of go hand in hand. That yeah. he was, after his career, blocking them from signing free agents and during his career making the personnel decisions that kept the team from trading away Pippen and... All of these things that, like, honestly, they shouldn't have traded away Pippen. So that why would you trade away yeah. a guy who, st- even when Jordan retired, was still a top ten in the NBA? Right. Why would you trade for what? For who? Yeah. Who's this person they want to get? Is he Shaq? Then he's not worth it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Shaq's the one that okay, trade him for Shaq. Right. You Shaq know? at that time. Yeah. It is Jamal Wilkes, by the way. Oh, that okay. That is the correct name of the player. But the thing about this also, you got to remember, Chicago minus Jordan is a lot less appealing of a destination. You guys have a great fan base, though. We have a great fan you base. You guys love your teams. Brutal fucking winter. Yeah, yeah. So if you're like... That sucks. Tim Duncan, he was already playing for the Spurs sure. by this point. In San Antonio, he's not... He'd already won a championship there, hadn't he? yeah. He does it's hard to leave, and he's that. from the fucking Virgin Islands. He right. doesn't want to live in fucking Chicago winter. He's also for a sociopath. half the year. Is he? I don't know, but he has that weird stare. Have you ever watched Tim Duncan play? Yeah, he's got that like he's got that serial killer stare. Yeah, I know? always hated the Spurs because oh, I, yeah. I just thought they were such a boring, like Ew, fundamentals. I don't know why. <laughs> I always picture the Spurs preaching fundamentals in practice, but they just have that. Yeah fundamentals team kind of air about them the spurs are like every single team that plays against the mighty ducks in that movie (laughs) franchise just all those teams yeah yeah and so this this conspiracy who knows i i think there's probably it's one of those where it's probably part truth part fiction probably part coincidence my question is what does jordan have to gain from stopping people from signing with the Bulls after he leaves. Well, we'll get into that partially in the last conspiracy okay. theory, but I think it ties into his competitiveness. He doesn't and, want the Bulls to be any good because he wants them to crater after he's gone. Right. Because Otherwise, remember, he didn't matter. He hated the ownership That's of the fair. Bulls. Yeah, Kraus, right. And didn't I could see him wanting to be like, all right, now that I'm gone, I don't want the Bulls to win any more championships because I want it to be clear they needed me right. more than I needed them. Right. Which isn't 
completely true. Sure. Because they the Bulls did a lot to build that team around Jordan. Like he didn't start winning championships until they drafted Scottie Pippen. I mean, he had good role players. Right. Dennis Rodman was on that team, and he still could play basketball at that point. Also, I met Dennis Rodman, and you're going to enjoy how I met him. Oh, boy. I met him at his eighth divorce proceeding. <laughs> <laughs> I worked in a divorce court, and this is a matter of public record, so I'm not uh, – this, this sure. is available for you all to search out. Uh, <laughs> Download it on iTunes. It was like my first day in divorce court. <laughs> Uh, he was filing a divorce, and there was the details of it were crazy. Go look it up if you want. Uh, and happened to just he happened to be the guy at the window, and it was like, "What the fuck, Dennis Rodman?" It wow, was, it wasn't a pleasant interaction. Imagine he was that. nice enough, but yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. The my favorite Dennis Rodman memory there was it was years and years ago, probably before the two thousands even. But there was this like battle of the network stars kind of thing. Yeah. Where, but it was like athletes performing in athletic competitions that weren't their own. <laughs> right. And Dennis Rodman was doing some kind of like mountain climbing thing. And he's done like, everything there is to do in that world. And he ends up like finishing and doing yeah. really well. And he's hanging from this rope and just starts like wildly celebrating. And starts swinging back and forth on the rope and just smashes uh, face first oh. into the side of this cliff and gets knocked unconscious oh, no. on live television. Wow. And it was, I don't know if that clip is out there on YouTube anywhere, but if you can find it, it's a treat. <laughs> it is a real treat. And I love Dennis Rodman. Sure, I like I'm him too. I'm a Bulls fan. He was, he was on the Lakers teams, at least one of them that won, I want to say. And he was just a, he was a fantastic player. Well, he was the best, maybe the best defender of all time. Yeah. And, and he's fun. He's fun for the league. And it, he's you know? a crazy story, too, because he didn't, he didn't even play basketball in high school. And then after high school, he grew seven inches in one right. year. Right. And then immediately was great at basketball. Well, again, when I met him, he, I mean, he is stunning. He's a stunning person. You're yeah. Like, My God. You are tall and exaggerated in every way. Right. You know, like all the piercings and everything. It was just like, yeah, he's a, he's a striking figure. Yeah. Remember that time he married himself? That was pretty great. <laughs> right? Like, we all made fun of him at the time. Now, looking back, it's like, what a great move. Yeah. Like, what a hero's journey. Because who would you on. rather be married to? Of course. Than it, yourself. That's amazing. I mean, looking at his marital record, it seems like that was the most successful one. Yeah. Did he marry Carmen Electra, or were they just- I believe he did. Dating. I think he married Mar I think he married Madonna. Jesus. You know? That's a lot. That's, that's, dude, that's two very interesting that people. That dude has lived a life. He really has. A couple of them. He's a North Korean ambassador. Yeah. What, what can't he do? Trump supporter now. Is he really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's strange. Yeah, he... I don't understand that. He was interviewed on CNN when Trump went to North Korea, because uh, Dennis Rodman helped facilitate that shit. Sure, 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 sure. And he was wearing a Make America Great Again hat, right, right. and like crying about how great the people of North Korea are. Well, he might actually... I, Dennis Rodman might actually care about that. Like, he yeah. might actually care about North Korea in like a compassionate way. Well, he said they they were the one country he visited that didn't like treat him like a freak show so i imagine it was nice gawking like he, yeah like they were just looking at him in a way he appreciated i, I guess. mean i feel like dennis robin's the kind of person who like got more than he wanted of what he wanted 
Yeah. I think he wanted to be seen and and like famous, and now he can't go anywhere without being a freak. And I imagine right. that somehow he got some version of that that he likes. And I don't know. I'm just imagining it. I kind of, I my heart goes out to Dennis Rodman a little bit. I, you know what I mean? I just feel like, yeah, he always got treated like he was a maniac, and like, yeah, and he, he might a, be a maniac, but he had a rough upbringing. Like, yeah. I think his like. Yeah. At least one of his parents died or wasn't around. He was raised by his grandmother. But we were mean to him when he was on the Bulls and stuff because, like, the dying of the hair like, uh, and, like, that shit. And yeah. it's, like, looking back, it's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. And because he listened that? to Pearl Jam. <laughs> it's like now I would just make fun of him for that because Eddie Vedder sucks. Yeah. But because they only had one good record back then, it was like how crazy that a black guy's listening to Pearl exactly. Jam. It's like it's not that weird. Right. Exactly. Like, I'm sure they had plenty of black fans. He just never fit in any boxes. Yeah. He kind of still doesn't, you know? Yeah. He's just one of those guys. Uh, yeah, I don't... I, <laughs> so that's all to say, I don't know how Jordan would be against free agents coming there. They had... Right. Like, Rodman was a key competitor for Jordan in his early career. Y- yeah, with you know? the Pistons. He was the Jordan killer, quote-unquote. You know? Yeah, because that the Pistons were what kept... Jordan from winning championships. Yes, pre Scotty Pippen. Yeah, they had the the Jordan rules. Yeah, know, like very famously. Yeah, and then wouldn't shake his hand when they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. Love that shit. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I loved that Pistons team. Oh, they're such assholes. Yeah, they're, they're great though. I saw an interview with Bill Lambeer where like I, I, you can and it like he finally made sense to me as an older man. I was like, oh, now I understand why you were such a piece of shit. He's like a good soldier. Like, that's who Lambeer is. He's the right. good soldier. And I kind of love him for that. You yeah. Know? So let's talk about this next sure. conspiracy theory. I love this one because this is such a memory of mine from my youth. All of us. We yeah. all remember this. And my youth, I was like 20 at the time, but that's young. Yeah. The flu game. Yeah. This theory s- states that, well, I should tell people who aren't familiar with sports or the Bulls history or Jordan's history, which is... Almost everyone listening to this podcast probably somehow there was a a game. It was was it the finals? Yeah, yeah, because they, they're playing against, in Utah. It was against the Jazz, right? So it's right. one of his last two. And this game, they call it the flu game because right. Jordan, according to legend or according to the accepted version of events, had the flu. And it looked like he had the flu. He looked there were, awful. Yeah. There were a lot of shots of him playing very capably and then being almost carried off the court by Scottie yeah. Pippen every time there was a timeout. His eyes were swollen and puffy. Yeah. He, he looked like shit. He was a fucking mess. Yeah. But he also played 44 minutes, scored 38 points, had seven rebounds, five assists, and three steals. That's like a world-class game for anyone. Yeah, that's even if you're healthy, if you have that game, you had a really, really good game. That's like close to LeBron's best game last year. Right. You know, like, it, it's a great game. And I remember afterwards there was a shot of him just laying on the floor crying yeah. In the locker room yeah. because he was Sick. so exhausted. Right. So it was this really inspiring moment in Michael Jordan history that now people are wondering, yeah, was he just hung over? Yeah. Which the only thing that makes me suspicious of that is I've never heard of Jordan being much of a drinker. I mean, I think that there was a lot of evidence in this Kozimba 
or whatever his name, Korzenba, whatever his name is, that he was a partier, though. Right. Like, there's like four different places he supposedly was the night before. One of them, my favorite of them, was Robert Redford's shallot. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, why not? Right. Just drinking till 4 a.m. with Robert Redford <laughs> was, the, was the, one of the places. But it was like, yeah, he's everywhere in the world that night. Right. Supposedly partying. And, like, maybe he was a party animal. Maybe that's true. Yeah. And Jalen Rose, at one point, told a group of people at a party that Jordan was just hung over that night. Right. And then said it again on a podcast with right. Bill Simmons. So there's that. Like, I don't know how trustworthy Jalen Rose is in that They're competitors. Sense. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, Jalen often presents himself... As being the insider, like the guy yeah. who knows the real story about how it is. And sometimes you feel that that's authentic. But Jordan stuff's very apocryphal right. from everybody. It's all apocryphal stuff. Because the NBA kept him so protected. And because he's such a dick that nobody was there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who was there for that? Yeah. Because according to a different person who was supposedly with him all night, he just was locked up in his hotel room. Getting pizza delivered. Right. You know? And that guy thinks that... His trainer. His trainer. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Tim Grover. Tim Grover. This is a weird story. What he thinks happened is that Jordan was got food poisoning and that it was intentional. He, he talks about, I guess, Jordan ordered a pizza. Right. Because it was the only thing there was in town. Right. Yeah. And Tim Grover said five dudes showed up to deliver this sure. pizza, which on the one hand is suspicious, but also it's like, holy shit, you're delivering a pizza to my, I want to go. Of course. Also. That's the first thing I would do. Yeah. I'm if surprised it wasn't more people. Yeah. But five, like five people is, doesn't add to the poisoned like column right. at all. It's just shitty employees yeah. who should probably out be out delivering other pizzas right it's just nobody else got pizza that night because these people love michael <laughs> jordan like okay either that or they poisoned his pizza i guess but like if you're gonna poison a guy you don't show up to deliver the poison you right get as far from that as you can and what did they have just laying around a pizza joint to Fucking poison arsenic? jordan like, with? Come on. Yeah. did they shit on it like <laughs> What the fuck would you do to poison this pizza? I mean, I poison is the most cowardly of the of the uh attempts to harm another person. You cannot be more cowardly right. than poison in my opinion. So, people showing up with it. Yeah. I'm not going to No, I'm not on board with that. Didn't Kobe claim that happened? Of course, to him this is like tales all the time. This is in Sacramento. This is yeah. a, during that series where Ori hit the 3 that, you know, Put carried him over in that game. Oh, you remember the one I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody remembers that one. Uh, it was during that series, I believe. They were at some hotel in Sacramento, and Kobe got sick, supposedly from, you know, fans or from a restaurant or whatever. Yeah, you know, poisoning him. It's, just, Which, it's all apocryphal stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a interesting strategy. Sure. Like you would go to jail for a long time if someone ever found out you actually did it. This would be when we actually find out the real power of investigation that the NBA has. <laughs> like, it's not to find yeah. out whether Jordan was investigated. It's like who the fuck poisoned Kobe? That person. <laughs> we're gonna we're selling their body parts for like chump change. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that. Uh, 
the it seems like the thing we still call it the flu game, but it seems like right. people lean more toward it probably being food poisoning. That adds up to me. But whatever the case, he was in bad shape. I have heard some people claim he faked it, which that why? why? Like if you're already playing that well, what's with the dramatics of being carried off court? Yeah, I don't think he gains from that. In yeah. My so, how much do you think it was a hangover? What percent of you thinks that? I don't. I believe the pizza thing. I don't know that it was necessarily intentionally, po- but the the trainer did say when he got the pizza, he had a bad feeling about it, uh, yeah, and that he didn't on. want anyone yeah. to eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it could be the hangover because the in between this pizza getting delivered. Right. See, this could be Jordan's trainer covering for him because could in between be this pizza getting delivered, the trainer doesn't see Jordan again until two in the morning, and that's the point where oh. he's he's like curled up in a fetal position on his floor and like throwing up. So he could have been just getting really hammered too, and the trainer was like. We need a better story than that. This is Michael Jordan, so let's it, it let's say be, he got poisoned. Well, Jalen Rose claimed it was both. That's what he said on Bill Simmons' oh, podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. He was like, call him A, call him B. Remember how that made that vague answer? He was like, what the hell does that mean, Jalen? The answer was essentially, was it a hangover? Well, he was eating some stuff that made him sick, but also he probably was drinking that night. So yeah. like, a little bit of both is his answer. Which to me just speaks to... How great of a competitor Jordan was. Of course. Just get hammered and get food poisoning in the same night and still put up 38 points in 44 minutes. I'm going to put it to you this way. If Michael Jordan was hang like it was a hangover for the flu game, if that's true, then it would not be the first time that he showed up drunk to a game, right? There's no way right. that's the first time that happens. Yeah. Why is it the only one? Yeah. That's a problem logically for me. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, maybe he just went extra hard because it's the finals or something. It's possible. Yeah, but would that be the time to start drinking really hard? It doesn't feel like it fits everything else about the man. Yeah. It seems like you would hold off. But I'm willing to accept the idea that he didn't really have the flu. Yeah. Because it was not like I saw, we saw him throwing up on the sidelines or like, and why would he, why would they let him touch everybody? And like, that was a legitimate point. And the flu is, people mislabel the flu all the time. Right. The flu is more like a cold and chest kind of thing. Whereas if your stomach, if you're throwing up, that's probably more norovirus or something like that. It can be the flu though, right? Can't it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a version of the flu huh. that makes you throw up. But that, yeah, that's the other thing. If he had the actual flu, that's very contagious. You wouldn't put him out in the court. And he you would couldn't. have infected everyone else. You on don't the court. have basketball when that happens. Yeah. You know? The next night, it's all flu game. And it's from five everybody. days minimum. Yeah. Like that, like that shit wipes your team out. Yeah. And it wasn't game seven of the finals. Game like five, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. And. So he came back like a couple days later and was right, fine. Right. Uh, so who knows? It it was obviously something, and it's uh, whatever it was. It doesn't take away from that performance, which was neato. No, yeah, yeah. Even if he was a drunken mess, if this was the one and only time he was just really hungover, yeah. Then look how good at basketball he is. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, <laughs> what else is there to take away from that?
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the last theory, this is such a gem. I love this. And this one, I would encourage people to just go out and watch the entire Mike Corzemba video. Yeah. Uh, it's very loud. He's very aggressive. This is, the, this is where I feel like maybe the money got to him finally. You know, like maybe he yeah. sold out for this video. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a minute and 20 seconds ahead of time where he's pushing his t-shirt store. <laughs> and then he launches into this video. And uh, this is one of the craziest theories I've ever heard. The video starts with a bunch, a lot more Michael Jordan as a competitor stories. One of my favorite, these are all of all my favorite story. Yeah. Every I, single I one of too. these is great. Yeah. The first one they cover is when Jordan was on the Olympic team. Apparently he and Christian Leitner played ping pong. <laughs> so good. And Christian Leitner beat him. And Jordan one got irate. Two, Disappeared and wouldn't talk to anyone for three days. Through his paddle. When he was through, like, through his paddle. His paddle. You know? When he turns back up after three days, we find out it's because he bought a ping pong table, had it <laughs> sent to his room, and was just practicing ping pong vigorously for three days, and then finally comes back to Christian Leitner like, what now, punk? Because it's Christian fucking Leitner. Well, yeah, everyone hates Christian Leitner. It's like, so perfect. It's yeah. like Michael Jordan <laughs> is going to eat this Duke kid for lunch. You know what I mean? I love it. And I he love this crap. Did and he did? Yeah. He comes back after three days of practice and just annihilates Christian Leitner. And yeah. it's like, okay, do you feel better now? <laughs> right. No, that's the thing. He'll never feel better. He'll never f- like. That's what's so funny about this. Like Christian Leitner's happy to be mentioned in a sentence with Michael Jordan. Right, right. Like he's definitely fine losing this ping pong game. Yeah, but Michael Jordan's not happy until <laughs> Christian Leitner's well being is annihilated. <laughs> so they cover that as yeah. as the first example of how competitive Jordan is, and they also bring up like from yeah. last episode we mentioned the airport carousel story. Love that, which is bananas. Yep. And there's another story about one of his former coaches at North Carolina, a guy named Buzz Peterson, invited Jordan over to play cards. Strange outing already. Yeah, that that alone, it's like, didn't Jordan have shit to do? Michael like, Jordan, come over and play cards with me, your former coach, and my mother. And my mother. Right. And at one point, Peterson's mom, who is presumably very old, because this of course. is Jordan's coach's mom. Yeah, minimum 65. Right. Yeah. So a little old lady in North Carolina, they're playing cards. At one point, she gets up to go to the bathroom, and Buzz Peterson catches Jordan trying to cheat. This isn't even for money, by the way. This, this is, is just not a friendly game. even for money, and Jordan <laughs> needs to win that badly. <laughs> That he's looking at an old lady's cards when she goes to the bathroom. I love it. I really like it. I I hope he lost and just of like course. trashed the living room. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking next, bought the house. Next semester he's taking yeah. a course in card dealing. Yeah. I hope he bought the house and like destroyed it before their eyes. Like just strapped it yeah. to a chair while he took a sledgehammer piece by piece, took that house apart.
And then there's, <laughs> holy shit, the Charles Barkley story. It's insane. It's totally bananas. So in 98, the Suns improbably had the best record in the NBA. It was 93, right? Oh, was it 93? I think so, yeah. Uh, 98 yeah. was the Jazz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So the Suns have the best record in the NBA. They were really good that year. And a lot of people assumed this was the year the Bulls were going to lose in the finals. So Jordan runs one of the most fascinating long cons of all time. And like halfway through the season, just befriends Charles Barkley. (laughs) And they become friends and they start hanging out. And then the night or the day of one of the NBA finals games, I think it was game four. Uh, uh, yeah. And they end up winning the series in six right. games. Before game four, Jordan takes Charles Barkley golfing. For the most golfing I've ever heard of. 48 goddamn holes. That is so much fucking golfing. That's insane. It's so much, but also not an even number. Because it's either right. nine or 18. Right. It's not a multiple of either of those. So they just stopped at one point. Right. They're like, that's enough. maybe the point they stopped was the point where Jordan gifted Charles Barkley a pair of $20,000 earrings. And this is before game four of the NBA finals, a finals they're competing in. And eventually someone like this story got out and Jordan was asked why he befriended Charles Barkley and gave him these earrings. And this was his answer. Now he won't get in my way the rest of the series. What's $20,000 to me? Charles thinks we're good friends now. I hate that fat fuck. It's so dark. It's so crazy dark. <laughs> it's like, you how might have beaten him anyway. How would that have played now with Twitter and Facebook? Uh, it and- would have been a joke. There's no way he would have said that now. It yeah. just wouldn't happen. Yeah. It, it just straight up wouldn't happen. But uh, the fact that he said it then... Even completely baffling. Blows my mind. But for the record, he scored 55 points in that game. Well, it's not because Charles Barkley was so obsessed with those diamond earrings that he's like, let him have his points. Yeah. Come on. We're way past that with these guys. Like, that level of competitiveness is so far in the rear view. Right. Like, it's just strange to me that that Jordan feels like he needs to do this. Yeah. Right? But I also wonder if it kind of worked. Like it's like that kind of head game? Yeah. Maybe we just want it to work. Because Jordan, I wish Jordan wore a microphone every oh, game. No, you don't. Because you'd be horrifying. Yeah, he was yeah. one of the legendary trash talkers. Him and Larry Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I used to, I can't remember the story now, but yeah. there are so many great stories of the insane things he would say to people. Like he would even... Like getting Reggie Miller's head, and oh, Reggie yeah. Miller was the king. Yep, at trash talk, he loved it. Like yeah. he was a phenomenon. But every time the Pacers played the Bulls, no dice. Just because Jordan was a mind fucker, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, maybe that worked. Maybe maybe this did work. It's just such a long like for for what for three games. So you can beat him in three games. You put this yeah. kind of time in to that. Yeah, and apparently it started like mid-season, like when they started like being friends and hanging out. This is why this this story is why I don't believe in the Hangover game. Oh yeah, the those two things are at odds to me. Yeah, you know, like this is the story of a man who's so obsessed that he'll put in hours and hours and hours to get a slight advantage in an NBA Finals game, maybe. And then the other person is a person who got so drunk. That he potentially risked his health and and his, and his finals career, right? 
because of a party. Yeah. Those things don't add up to me. Yeah. And I've just I've I've heard of him being a partier, but I've never heard of him being an alcoholic. Which not yet, yeah. If you're getting throw up drunk basically the day of an NBA finals game, you're kind of an alcoholic. Right. That's like three hours before he stopped drinking. At at the like or more recent to the game than that. Right. Like you don't get that sick a day later. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's so, a crazy story. That's fucking crazy. So the the point of going through all these competitiveness stories in this video is to set up this final Michael Jordan conspiracy that we're going to cover, <laughs> which apparently was first pushed by a journalist named Shea Serrano. And what Shea Serrano claims is that Jordan, during his time in the front office for the Washington Wizards and the Charlotte Bobcats, would sometimes sabotage his own team if it meant he could keep Kobe or LeBron from winning another championship. I love I, I love the possibility of this. I love the possibility and I love that every trade in question was very lopsided and did totally. not benefit the Bobcats or the Wizards whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, okay, I want to you should get it all out before I say anything. Yeah. Else. The the first trade they bring up is in 2002, Rip Hamilton is playing for the Wizards. It's his third season. And he's really good. And he's fucking dominating. Yeah, 20 points a game or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. And Jordan just up and trades Rip Hamilton to the Detroit Pistons for Jerry Stackhouse. And Jerry's a good player at that time. He was a good player, but by that point in his career, like he'd been at it for a while. Right. And it's a weird... Uh, pick for Jordan from a competitive standpoint. Well, maybe that that was part of it too because there's a really famous story where Jerry Stackhouse when he first got in the league, he'd been in the league a couple years and he just kind of offhanded said in an interview that no one in the league can hold him on defense and like basically just hinting that he is the best player in basketball right now sure and a couple days later they play the bulls and all of a sudden jordan is guarding jerry stackhouse right. now and of course he gets fucked like, and know. stackhouse scored like 12 points right. and jordan put like 40 points right. up on him because that's jordan, jordan to a the, t that's jordan and the the shrug game was exactly the same thing like somebody wrote an article about maybe clyde is better than jordan right because he can shoot threes and Jordan so, put up 35 points in the first half. And he put six threes yeah. in the first half. <laughs> okay. Got I it. I fucking love Jordan. I love it, too. How can you not love it? It's so good. And so he could have also been like, well, I don't want Stackhouse to win a fucking championship, so if I'm going to trade Rip Hamilton for anyone, it's going to be him. And he sends Rip Hamilton to the Pistons, and sure enough, the Pistons go on to beat the Lakers in the finals Keeping Kobe from winning that sixth ring. I'm going to come back to this, but that's the first part of this theory. Right. Yeah. The second questionable trade happens in 2010 when Jordan is, I think at this point he was with the Bobcats. I yeah, believe. I think at this point he owns the Bobcats. He's and not just a GM. He traded Tyson Chandler to the Dallas Mavericks. And the Mavericks at the time were good, but they really, really, really needed a center. Who'd they get back? The Bobcats? Yeah. A bunch of fucking scrubs. Like, there were no big-name players. Were any of them blue-chip players or had potential or anything? I don't think so. 
I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look this up while you keep talking about it. Just to just because that was I, that was a thing. It was like I want to know more of the details of this trade. Right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. And so they he trades Tyson Chandler to the Mavericks, and they go on to beat LeBron in the NBA Finals. They sure did. Thus keeping LeBron from winning another ring. That was the greatest finals that I ever watched that was not a Lakers finals for me. Yeah. Like because I hated that Heat team so much. I wanted that Heat team to lose so much. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't hate them that because of the way Cleveland reacted. That made me hate that Heat team less. The way Cleveland they reacted really to LeBron leaving. Yeah. Well, their owner is the worst. Dan Gilbert, he's the yeah. worst. Yeah. Don't post your open letters in Comic Sans, you fuckface. He's just, he's just a child. He's yeah. A big, yeah. big baby. Uh, let's see. He canceled a trade. This is in 2010. Michael Jordan cancels Jose Calderon for Boris Dio and Tyson Chandler trade between Bobcats and Raptors. That is not what we wanted to talk about. Keep going. Well, Boris Dio is actually the third example of of Jordan doing something that doesn't necessarily benefit his team in a, in effort to keep LeBron or Kobe from winning a title. In 2011, he just cut Boris Diaw. Right. He didn't trade him. He just fucking cut Boris Diaw, who was a big part of that Spurs team that went on to... He's coming off the bench. ...to beat the Cavs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was coming off the bench, but like he's like a seventh man. Sometimes you're like, if you have a really like the sure. NBA has a sixth man award for that very they, reason. They definitely do. And Boris Diaw was kind of that sixth man. Boris Diaw played so well in that finals. It was like, yeah, it was like that again. It was like that Mavericks year that you're talking about, which is 2011. I want to say it is uh, when JJ Barea suddenly was a fucking all star. Right. It was like, who the hell is this guy? Never yeah. even heard of him before. Suddenly he's, you know. Able to stop fucking Dwayne Wade? How's yeah. that happening? Anyway. Yeah, and that in in 2011, that's when Boris Diaw goes to the Spurs, and the Spurs end up beating LeBron in the finals. Right, and that's that's kind of the crux of this conspiracy that this Shea Serrano uh, writer put out is that Jordan really values his legacy and does not want Kobe or LeBron to catch him, especially in terms of NBA championships. And so has, from time to time, in his role as general manager, made trades specifically to keep LeBron and Kobe from winning. All right, so I strongly disagree with this one. Strongly disagree All right. with it. But this, to me, is the first conspiracy theory that is born entirely out of his Hall of Fame speech. This is yeah. like this is fallout. This conspiracy theory is fallout from him finally revealing to the world publicly I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. This could would be. not exist at all. If it was <laughs> it'd be like Jordan is a bad GM is what the narrative would be. Yeah. Because he is a bad GM. He I think is. we can agree on that. You know, like yeah. he's the guy who brought in Dwight Howard last year. It's like how many fucking people need to tell you don't bring in Dwight Howard, he's a cancer. Right. Well, he didn't learn that lesson. Yeah. Uh Jordan sucks at GMing. That's what this is. Jordan is bad at it. You know, like most of these guys are bad at it. Uh, but you know, what if he got into GMing just for that reason? You know what? If he did, <laughs> if, I'm going to go with this theory. I'm going to go with it. If he did, then that, that, that suggests that he was able to see that Rip Hamilton would be, in 2002, was the key ingredient to beat a Lakers team that was about to four-peat with Shaq, Kobe, uh, Carl fucking Malone, who can still play, yeah. 
uh, Gary Payton. Gary Payton, who could still play. Derek Fisher, who was at the top of his game. Rick fucking Fox. Like, that Rip Hamilton is the guy that takes that team down? No. That's, yeah. that's insane. Because you're not worried about Kobe in 2002. You're worried about Shaq. Shaq's right. who you're worried about in 2002. Kobe's like, I'll deal with him later. You know, yeah. like, he's not. Uh, that's my opinion. Yeah, and I, I mean it's not uh, it's not a thing we'd ever be able to prove. No, I love it. I love the idea of Jordan fucking yeah. deep seed thinking this through and like dropping a time bomb <laughs> and on the Pistons. <laughs> I fucking love that. I hope it happened. Yeah, that would be it. Would be so amazing if this was true. Oh my god! Like I want it to be, but just to stop Kobe. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I and right. especially the part where it worked. Yeah, because well, Kobe make- only won five championships, yep. right? And That's how many correct. LeBron's won? LeBron's won three, three. Yeah, he's won two with the Heat and one with the Cavs. Yeah, he's been to the finals eight fucking times in a row. More. I think. Yeah, I think it might be more. It might be nine. It's a lot. He's been eight in a row, but I think he's been to nine or ten so total. Many. Can you that's, even imagine that? That's a whole lot. That's fucking crazy. But he's never going to catch Jordan if Jordan has anything to do with it. No, I mean, I how think, long? How long do you think LeBron has left? Five years. Five, five, six years. I don't think he's going to win a championship with the Lakers next year. No, not next year. No. I mean, unless they can get Kawhi Leonard. That's going to happen. But I don't know that... I don't think even that team's good enough to beat the Warriors. Yeah. That That Warriors Warriors team team has to start tailing off, which it will, because that's just what happens. Well, a bunch of them are free agents after next year, too, I believe. Yeah, I mean, a team team basically has like four or five years. Like, that's the window when you get the big contender together. And that's what happened in 2002, is that Lakers team had won three times. Yeah. And Shaq and Kobe weren't getting along anymore, and you know people were there to ride rings, and they got arrogant. Yeah, and they lost to a team that was hungry. Yeah, you know? I I wish the NBA would embrace smaller market teams a little more because I do too. that's one of my favorite things about football is you never know who's going to win the Super Bowl that every year. year. Three teams that are bad, or two or three teams that are bad. Are contenders. Yeah. Like just imme- like that, they just jump. Yeah. That happens in the NFL every year. And it's always a great story. It really like, is. I'm, I'm always happy when an underdog wins in yeah. the NFL, but there's something about the NBA. I think they, they kind of low key put it out there themselves where it's like, man, if the finals was like Sacramento and Charlotte, I'd be like, oh, do we have to watch this now? Even though I would hate that. Do yeah. you want that? No, I wouldn't. I mean, it depends but I also, on the stars they have because basketball is so much more star driven yeah. than, than uniform driven, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, everyone's. LeBron probably didn't lose a lot of fans going to LA. No. Even no. though he totally should. That should be like a devastating thing for, right. for his career as a, as a player. Everyone would be like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, like you went to the Lakers, the fucking Yankees. You go fuck yourself. Right. You know? But it doesn't matter because it's LeBron. Yeah. You know? I think the NBA just has that advantage. And that's why Sacramento and Charlotte is a boring series. Yeah, that's a problem for the NBA though. They gotta figure that out. Well, because that's yeah. I think that's where a lot of the allegations that they rig games come from. Yes. Because there was a game in the Western Conference Finals this year, I think it was right. game six, where it was really looking like the Warriors were gonna lose. Yep. And then they come out in the third quarter and, and all of a sudden. Up. Yeah. They light it up. Houston is getting called for the yes. craziest bullshit fouls. And Steph Curry is just punching motherfuckers on the way to the rim and not getting called for anything. Yep. And people are like, what 
the fuck? This is so blatant. But it's like, what can you do? I mean, the NBA also has had more than one scandal where a referee yeah. was, in fact, changing calls and stuff. Yeah, Tim Donaghy went to prison for right. 15 months. So they're always going to have that. Yeah. In the same way that baseball is sensitive about cheating after the Black Sox. Right. And they're always going to be. Because it's like, well, it happened here once. Yeah. It's kind of harder to cheat in the NFL. Yeah. It, there's so much camera stuff. Like, everything's reviewed. Right. You know? Uh, it's harder to cheat. I just want to go through the rest of these. Just So that's my opinion on the 2002 one. This Tyson Chandler one is, to me, the most intriguing of all of them. Because I yeah. can't. Because, like, Tyson Chandler in 2010 was a very good player. Right. I understand that if, if maybe you can't build around him. He's not a top player. Right. So I, but like sending him to the Mavericks when Dirk's in his prime is insane. Yeah. Why would you send? I mean, it's not in your conference, but like, yeah, it was. It gave him to a good team. A weird trade that they didn't get that much in. That's the thing. It with all of these trades, they don't get that much in return. Like, yeah, like Jerry Stackhouse for Rip Hamilton. That's not a good deal at that point. No, in Jerry Stackhouse's career, like. Bits and pieces for Tyson Chandler in 2010 is like, I mean, yeah, Tyson Chandler's not a world beater, but like he's a solid NBA player, right? And he was like, what, the number two or three player on that Mavericks team? Yeah, and he was, you know, one of the reasons they ended up winning. A oh, he was defending the rim. Like, yeah, you know, you couldn't get in there, and like, yeah, he stopped the Heat from playing their game. That one feels more like I could see Jordan being like, I got to stop LeBron because he just yeah. formed that super team, and like LeBron's a legitimate threat. Yeah, you know that makes more sense. What Boris, about cutting Boris D out? I think that's crazy. There's no fucking way anyone could ever do the math mentally that it takes to convince me that Boris Diaw two years later was going to be a key ingredient for the Spurs beating the LeBron's Heat. That's yeah. not possible to me. That's like that's like Trump's tariffs somehow end up benefiting us, and that makes him <laughs> a genius. No, 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 no. It was yeah. accidental. Like, <laughs> it, it, I, I don't care if it works out. It, nope. He's a crazy person. Yeah. The the cutting Boris Diaw was weird. I mean, it's weird either way. I think he's a bad GM. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, we a, had a bad GM over here. Because yeah. he, here's the other, the other thing. He, he's so competitive. Like, why wouldn't that extend to him wanting to make his... Like, you'd think he would be competitive as a GM and want to win championships in that capacity as opposed to trying to stop LeBron and Kobe from winning as many as he did. They're not gonna. It's In this yeah. NBA, it, LeBron has done incredible things. And he's not even close. He's halfway yeah. to Jordan's legacy in terms of championships. And it will matter in the end of the day. Oh, yeah. You know, because, like, LeBron lost so many times. Jordan never fucking lost. Right. Jordan never lost in the finals. It's like, well. Even once. You know, that's that that has to count. I would say Jordan's competitiveness is why he's a bad GM. Because yeah. he can't he's not patient enough and he's not he doesn't he's not good at relating to other people, which is kind of what a GM does. Right. A GM's kind of like a call guy on the phone. Hey Sam, I want to trade you this guy for that. He's like one of those yeah. guys, you know. Can you imagine Jordan doing that? No. Yeah, probably not. That's why he's a bad GM. Yeah. You know? This is like I don't know exactly why Jerry West is so good, because Jerry West is a great GM, and he's supposedly every bit as competitive. I don't know how he's the exception to the rule, yeah. but I know he is the exception. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Players make bad GMs, like historically. For sure. Yeah, that's what you hear all the time. Yeah, like John Elway in Denver right now I don't think is doing. He was, that, that Peyton Manning decision paid off though, right? Yeah. And he had to get the hell away from that Tebow thing. He right. had to. Yeah. Like, I, I love Tebow. That was the greatest year of sports ever. <laughs> oh, come on. How could you hate it? It was like, yeah. people hated it. People were very mad at it. But he kept miracling wins. It was so good. Yeah. And it was so funny. And like, and I was a Steelers fan, and I got hosed by that at the end of the year. <laughs> it was really bad. But I loved it. But if you're fucking John Elway, you're like, I got to get away from this Tebow thing. I have to. Right. Because I'll never know if I'm going to win a football game. You yeah. Know? And even getting rid of Jay Cutler was probably – was. Elway, Elway was still their GM, or was already their GM. Uh, he, I when think that he happened. inherited the Tebow situation. Oh, like he, yeah, around like he was the one that had ended up having to play Cutler because at that time they had, or he, he ended up having to play Tebow because they had um, Kyle Orton. I want to say was their quarterback. And Rest he in peace. <laughs> I mean, he's still alive, but but not really. Uh, yeah. He wasn't good enough, and they basically had to play Tebow. Yeah. Because they had to find out what they had. And then he was good enough that they couldn't cut him unless they signed Peyton Manning. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. So I guess I take it back. Sorry, John Elway. You're he's still... been bad since then. Yeah. And he's probably kind of an asshole. Oh, how could he be a guy? How could he be a good guy? Yeah. How could that happen? Yeah. No way. No chance. So that's that's the episode. Yeah. I don't think this theory is as compelling as, say, the retirement thing. That was definitely true. Yeah. The, re- the retirement thing I buy... The flu game not being the flu. I buy that it wasn't the flu. I, do I don't too. know what the fuck it was. I do too. And him keeping free agents away. I, I think believe that's, that. Yeah. I Why think not? that's like half half and half. It's uh, We know he hated his owner. We know. Right. He, like he said that at the Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> Again, like that's the Rosetta Stone for Jordan. Like that fucking Hall of Fame speech that goes on and on. Yeah. Is like, oh, this is... I'll never see you a different way again after this. Right, yeah. So if you want your Jordan vision ruined forever, go watch that. Go watch that Hall of Fame You will speech, never yeah. forget it. You're like, oh, you're awful. Yeah. You're really awful. <laughs> My God. So that's uh, that's the episode. Yeah. Everyone uh, go out and check out those Mike Corzambo videos. I yeah, think you'll him, find give them. Give him a click. Find them entertaining. Give them give some traff. That's short for traffic. <laughs> <laughs> what we call it in the industry. He needs it's how he buys his way out of that grayscale basement he's working yeah. in. Yeah. Get Mike Corzemba an apartment of his own. Get him a microphone to speak into. <laughs> <laughs> all of those things. An editor. Get him all the things. Yeah. Uh, this is a Patreon-only episode, so you don't have to subscribe to anything you already do, baby. Uh, and I don't think I have anything to plug. Adam? What do you uh, got? I uh, I co-host a podcast on the Small Beans Network called One Upsmanship with Mike Swaim. You can find me there. You can find me on Twitter at the Real Gans. For those of you who are really intrigued, you can find my video work at ganserfilms.com. Uh, more to come. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Thanks again for doing this. Thanks I really for having appreciate me, man. it. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to having you on the sports co- I'm very podcast. About that. I almost said sports cod. Sports horse. Sports horse. I love it. I hope we take like just. We always smoke cigars when we do this. Yeah, we should. Yeah. This, yeah. It's upstairs. We can smoke Panama hats. Here. Yep. I'm way into it. <laughs> All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Adam, say goodbye. Adios. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.